welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about Sisters in Arms by Kaya Alderson, which was my July book of the month. It is a historical fiction novel which follows two black women as they enlist in the army during World War II and become part of the first and only all-female black women's battalion. I'm not sure if it's the battalion, but unit, basically. You know what I mean? And it follows their two stories. They're very different. One of them, Grace, is more poor and she wanted to be a concert pianist, but when that falls through, she ends up enlisting. And the other woman, Eliza, comes from a more rich family. Her father owns a black newspaper. And when her father won't take her or her work seriously, she also ends up enlisting. So that is the basic premise of what this book is about. It was really good. I really liked it a lot. And um, I don't have much more to say here in this intro section. So I think I'm just going to go for it. I do want to issue a trigger warning. There is a scene of assault, physical assault, not sexual assault that happens in the middle of the book. And I will be touching on the issue because it becomes a relevant plot point for what happens later on. And um, also a spoiler alert, I'm going to be spoiling this book. So if you don't want Sisters in Arms to be spoiled for you, stop here, go read the book. I would recommend it if you like historical fiction. And especially if you've read a lot of World War II novels, but they're all centering about around white people mostly, this is a great way to learn something new about World War II that you didn't know before, or if you really like novels about strong women, which is why I gave this book to my aunt. And I'll be touching on that as well later on. So those are my alerts. And so now we're going to get into the discussion section. I will say that I finished this book two and a half or three weeks ago, and I just didn't get around to recording because life has been busy on the weekends, which is why there was no episode last week, but I'm doing a double recording today, so there should be episodes this week and the week after for sure. So let's get into the plot summary. Like I said, I mentioned the basic premise. So the book starts out with Grace going to audition at Juilliard. She already has a college degree, but she's like trying to get into an advanced degree program for being a concert pianist. Her brother, she has just learned yesterday, has died. He was also serving in World War II and he died fighting over in the Pacific. I can't remember where. And so she's very depressed because her brother's the only one who's really believed in her dream of being not a concert pianist, but a composer and being involved in the jazz movement, basically being a jazz musician instead of a concert classical pianist. And her mother's kind of run her life in this has resulted in smashing her passion. She used to be called uh, the mini Mozart in Harlem, but that hasn't been the case for a while. So she goes to audition. She absolutely blows it. And the guy says, when you're ready to like perform for real, come back. So as she's leaving, she digs in her purse because she's forgotten her music and she sees the paper asking her to apply to be in the army. So she ends up going to enlist. On the other side of Harlem, you've got Eliza working at her dad's studio. She's just put together an awesome, awesome, groundbreaking article. She tries to get her dad to publish it. He originally says no. He ends up saying, okay, fine, but he puts his name on it. So that pushes her to go and enlist. And also Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune, I think I'm remembering that right. I don't remember. I don't have the book anymore to check it. Calls Eliza and is like, yo, come enlist. And she's like, all right. So her and Grace end up meeting when they enlist and Grace instantly dislikes her for no reason other than Eliza is rich and she's not. I'm not kidding you. Like basically 
Eliza and Grace have a frenemies relationship where Grace doesn't like Eliza. Eliza's trying to be nice to Grace. Grace isn't having it. They start to become friends. Something happens. They're not friends. They make up and then they are friends and then they're not friends and they make up. It's kind of cyclical and I'll be touching on those big moments. And so Grace doesn't like her because she's rich, but they both end up um, being accepted. Grace's mom is very upset about it, but can't do anything to stop her. Well, as Eliza's mom supports her, but her dad is so upset about it and is like, absolutely not like whatever tries to stop her. But Eliza makes it to the train the last minute. Right before Grace ships out, jumping back a little bit, she goes to the jazz club and she's going to play one last time, right? She ends up meeting this guy there named Jonathan Phillips, who works for the war department. And he's very handsome. He's also black. And so she's like, ooh. But she's also like, I can't do anything because my morality clause and he's technically like a superior and all this other nonsense. But we're introduced to him and I'm like, I think I'll be seeing you around, Jonathan. And we do. We do see him around. Okay, so now back to they make it to that they both are accepted. They get on the train and they go to Iowa and they're doing their training camp. While they're there, they have a few like mini spats, but they end up kind of becoming, you know, sisters in arms, basically. And so they go through the training. They're told that they're going to be treated like fairly, but they're not. There's segregation. They're not getting as good of anything, really. People are mean to them, but they both end up graduating. And then they find out when they graduate, though, that there's not really any good positions for black women. They only get sent to like places southern of the border or staying in Iowa training other people. So Grace ends up staying in Iowa. Jonathan offers to get her a job in D.C. working with him, but she doesn't want to be seen as taking favors, taking advantage, you know, sleeping her way to the top, basically. So she declines and she stays in Iowa, whereas Eliza is tasked with kind of traveling around and recruiting black women to join, right? So um, then it kind of skips a year later and Grace basically says, I'm done with this. This is boring. I want to do something. So she sends a telegram to Jonathan that says, pull your strings. I'm ready to go to D.C. basically. So it takes him some time, but he ends up pulling the strings and Grace and Eliza end up on the same train. Eliza's going somewhere in the south. I can't remember where. Somewhere in Kentucky, I think. And Grace is going to D.C. Eliza stops before Grace and it's like in the middle of the night. So the conductor, somebody comes by and knocks on the door and Grace is the one that wakes up and she answers and it's, he says, Eliza, stop, is coming up, wake her up and tell her not to go inside. The people here don't like black people. It could be bad for her. So Grace wakes Eliza up and tells her that the stop is next, but she's so tired that she forgets to say, don't go inside the station. So Eliza gets out, she goes inside the station and the man in there ends up assaulting her, beating her up, basically she's lucky that nothing worse happens to her. It sounds horrible to say lucky, but so she ends up then being very hurt. And when Grace wakes up, because Grace immediately falls back asleep, she wakes up a few hours later and she realizes that she forgot to tell Eliza not to go in there. So that she like gets the conductor to call people and they find Eliza and Grace feels so horrible about it. But they don't see each other again for over a year. Grace tries to send a message to Eliza, but Eliza's really mad at Grace, blames her for what happened because they said that Grace was supposed to tell her that, and she didn't. So then another year passes. Grace is working with Jonathan. They've become friends, whatever. And then she gets a, not a phone, maybe a phone call. She gets a message from her friend. I think her name's Charity. 
Charity Adams, who I think is actually a was a real person, whereas Grace and Eliza are fake people, whereas a lot of the other people are real. And so she's like, hey, they're going to send one like unit or battalion or whatever of black women over to Europe. Do you want in? And Grace is like, absolutely. Jonathan is like, absolutely not. You'll get hurt. Grace says, I'm doing it anyways and goes in over his head. She ends up getting accepted. So she is leaving Washington. Her and Jonathan get in a mini fight. But on her one day of leave, like right before they go to Europe, she goes to New York and she shows up at like one of the jazz clubs and Jonathan is there and they end up having a date that day that ends with her in his hotel room because there's no other hotel rooms. And, you know, they might have done the deed. And then he's like, can I court you? And she's like, I can't be seen doing whatever, basically breaking his heart. And then she goes to Europe. So Eliza's also part of this group that's going to Europe and is obviously still mad at Grace. But when they're on the boat, there is a submarine that's trying to sink them. So they're like trying to, you know, or U-boats or whatever. So they're like, you know, I'm doing things with my hands, but you can't see it. They're zigzagging around. They're all, everybody's freaking out. And Grace calms Eliza down and they end up making up and Eliza forgives Grace for her part in it because it truly was an accident. It wasn't malicious. And Grace expresses like how sorry she is. She tells Eliza a little bit about her life and how her brother died and whatever. And then they make it to, they actually land in Scotland, but their first assignment is in England and they are post officers. <laughs> they work for the post office basically and that they are sorting the mail so that it can actually get to people because there's a huge backlog. There's like a year late mail that's just not getting to people and they have this thing called the bob job where basically there's all the idea behind this is there's all these roberts or bobs bobbies whatever and people would write them letters but not include a last name or their battalion or unit or anything like that so they were trying to figure out whose mail is who and get it to them so they spent some time in britain before being moved to france and they're doing the same thing in france but by the time they land at france the war is over, but they still have to be there for some reason. But like the Nazis have surrendered, whatever. And so while they're there, Grace has this really weird, like almost sort of thing with a German prisoner of war until one of the French people is like, this man's disgusting. Like he's a Nazi. Like he did these other things. Like he took advantage of me personally, like sexually. And Grace is like, oh my God. And then Jonathan shows up and uh, she's having a conversation with him and she has given permission for these three girls to have weekend leave to go to Paris and when that happens she, so they leave she's having a conversation with Jonathan and then their um the jeep that they were in like I can't remember if it gets exploded it's in a crash something like that and two of the girls die and one of them's in like critical condition and nobody can find Grace. So Eliza ends up in charge and goes to the hospital. Grace rushes there. And while they're there, Eliza basically like yells at Grace, like, oh, so you were with him? Like what? And then this German POW thing. And then the commanding officers hear that, including a white general. So Grace is discharged from the army, basically. And so she thinks she's going to get dishonorable discharge. She thinks she's going to get in trouble. She's not going to get her war, like, her veteran benefits, anything like that. So she's sent back, but before she goes, she plays this like amazing piano piece, jazzy, for at the funeral of the two girls. And then the third girl ends up dying after Grace leaves. 
And then Eliza feels really bad because she didn't like mean to say that and get Grace in trouble, right? But she's frustrated that she's doing this because Grace is nowhere to be found. So she gets Jonathan to agree to help her out. And Jonathan, since they control the mail, this was so great. She's like, we're going to backdate your letter and say it got lost in the mail. Mm. So Jonathan ends up resigning because he was going to do that anyways. And so then because of that, Grace ends up not in trouble because he has already resigned. So it's okay, right? And so Grace goes home and she finds out that her brother is still alive. Remember her brother died at the beginning? He was a prisoner of war and just found or something like that as the war ended. And so she ends up like going back to Juilliard to like pursue her dream of being a jazz like um, comp- a writer. What the heck is that called? I said it. Or composer. Composer. And then Eliza sort of starts this relationship with a um, doctor who's over there in France who's also American and black. And then she eventually comes back and her and Grace, like, Grace ends up at the very end of the book. She calls Jonathan about mm, somewhere between three and six, I think around six months getting back, like, saying, like, I've, like, blah, 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 like, whatever. I don't know. She Oh, she calls him right after she gets accepted into Juilliard because she's so excited. And he tells her what Eliza did so that she would not lose her benefits and things like that. But then they, like, don't get back together. And I'm very upset about that. I'll be talking about that later. And then, um, so then Grace goes to see Eliza. And Jonathan's basically like, Grace's dream has always been to go to Paris. But she never got to go because of everything that happened in France. And so Jonathan's like, hey, well, in the summer when you're not in school, because Jonathan, when he, prior to being like the war, he was both a lawyer and a music representation person. He's like, I have somebody who's going on tour in France and over the summer, why don't you come? And Eliza's like, okay. Or not Eliza, Grace is like, yeah. So like, maybe they could get back together. I'm gonna talk about that later. So then Grace goes to see Eliza and basically like, they make up and then um, she, they talk very briefly about what's going on because Eliza's about to go on a reporting trip because since coming back, her father and her have kind of mended their relationship and he is stepping down from being in charge of the newspaper and the, her mom's in charge and she gets to be on good beats. And her dad says, well, you know what? Maybe you could do an international coverage, but you need to go with someone responsible, i.e. Grace. So the two of them are going to go to Europe the next summer and travel around and live their dreams out. <laughs> so that's the end of the book. Let's move into the discussion section and let's not beat around the bush. You guys all know if you're a frequent listener, if you've listened to honestly even one other episode, you know I like to start at the ending at the beginning of the discussion section. So first of all, I thought the ending with Grace and Eliza was good, but I'm going to talk about their relationship later. We need to talk about Grace and Jonathan and how their relationship ended. Now, I glossed over and kind of give you the highlights, right, of like their main interactions, but throughout the entire book, I was like, "Mm, yes, Grace and Jonathan are going to get together. This is all I want. Like, I love this romance. Like, it was a very minor subplot, right? But like, it I loved it. I was here for it. It kind of reminded me of In Magic Lessons by Alice Hoffman, which I talked, I read it last October. So there's probably an episode from in November or October. I don't know, but I would go check it out. Anyways, the main relationship between um, whatever the main woman's name in that book was and the sailor who I'm pretty sure his name was Daniel. Why can't I remember her name? 
I gotta pause this for a second. It's bothering me. Okay, I just remembered it. It's Maria. So the relationship between Maria and Daniel, where you're like, is it gonna happen? Is it not gonna happen? But you want it to happen? That's what this the relationship here reminded me of, and I loved it. But then it didn't happen, unlike in the other book. So like, that was an L. That was not enjoyable because I was rooting for them the entire time. I was like, they're gonna have this slow burn thing. Like they had that night in New York. He like gave up her his job so that she wouldn't be disgraced. Like blah blah blah. They're gonna get back together once they're both back in the States. And then they just didn't. And then like at the back of the book, I don't have the book anymore because last weekend my aunt and I did a book swap. So I gave her this book and then the cat who taught me how to fly. And she gave me The Other Westmore, Hillbilly Elegy, and Girl Waits with Gun, which I'll be talking about some of those books in the next few episodes and some of them later on. But I'll get to that later on in this episode. Anyways, so at the end of the book, there was like some discussion questions and I wish I had them, but there was basically this one that was like, did Grace and Jonathan give up on their relationship too easily? And I was like, what? That means for sure they never get together. And like, that's upsetting because I want them to be together. I thought they were well matched and I like respected Grace and I understood why she could not be in a relationship with him while she was in the army. He was her superior at one time. He was her actual boss and so she can't be dating him but now you're not in the army anymore and you guys have had all these moments and like you like each other and he wants to court you and you like him. Why can't you just date him? But I don't know. Apparently that didn't happen, which was like very annoying, especially because at the like in the last 100 pages, Eliza meets a love interest who's this doctor whose name I don't remember. And like he's still around at the end of the book and he is in the South and in like New Orleans, maybe. And she's like kind of going to visit and the dad's kind of like, you should just marry him. And she's like, dad, but you're also like, yeah, she probably gonna marry him. So why the heck can I have that with Grace and Jonathan. So in my mind, okay, I have to imagine that they're together and that when they go to France on this musical adventure tour, that Eliza's like, I'm going to get them together, you know? Eliza's like, I got to be involved in this. I don't know if she would actually be like that, but in my mind, I've decided so. And she's going to hatch this whole plan. And with alongside uh, um, the jazz artist that Grace is opening for, who she actually knows from earlier in the book, whatever, and they're going to get them together and they're going to work so hard and Grace and Jonathan are going to leave France having been married. They're going to elope in Paris, all romantic-like. I just have to believe that they do end up together even though they don't. I want them to, so in my mind, I've decided they have to. If you've read this book, let me know what your thoughts on this ending relationship with Grace and Jonathan is, because I feel like I shouldn't be as fixated fixated on it as I am, considering it is a subplot. The main plot is about how it's about Grace and Eliza's relationship and Black women's role in World War II, which are both things I'm going to talk about, but I really just care a lot about, I really invested a lot in their relationship, considering that it wasn't a major plot point in the pages it was given. Anyways, let's talk about, okay, let's talk about one other minor thing from the ending that bugged me before talking about Grace and Eliza's relationship in World War II history. That is Grace's brother being alive. It just felt like it negated a lot of Grace's character development and growth and the same with her mother 
because basically her brother acted as a buffer between her and her mom for his whole life, basically. And so he dies. So the two of them have to like work things out, but they never end up actually having to do that because by the time Grace sees her mom again after the end of the war, um, her brother's apparently alive so he can just do all the heavy lifting. And it was like Grace's brother having died was a huge part of Grace's backstory and character development and like just who she was because she loved him so much and he was really the only person who truly believed in her and her dreams and after he died she just like couldn't play piano like she had been before because of like how much it just like reminded her of him because he was the one that was sneaking her out to the jazz clubs and doing all this different stuff and so his death was so important all for it to come around to the end and it be like, just kidding, he didn't actually die. And the reason this bothers me first is for like all of those reasons. Second, it just feels like a very Disney ending and not appropriate for it being a World War II historical novel in which so many people died. Like, I'm sure there were some prisoner of wars who like their families thought they were dead, but then they came back and they were actually alive. And that would be an interesting story if that was the story. But no, the story is about Grace and Eliza and their personal growth, right? So, like, I just feel like it was very much like, just kidding, people can't actually die. Okay, actually, he's alive. And like I said, I felt like it negated a lot of what was going on. And so, I don't I don't know. It just felt, like, cheap to me. I don't know. I don't know. How do other people feel about that? But I really wasn't a fan of it. Obviously, I don't want her brother to be dead right? Like, but in the grand scheme of things, I just don't think it made sense for the plot for him to be alive. There was no reason he needed to be alive. It didn't do anything for the ending. You know, if anything, it just kind of like leaves some loose holes was a cheap shot at a happy ending because you don't get the like stereotypical happy ending with the other characters of them all being best friends and being married and whatever. So that's my thought on that. So now let's talk about World War II history. Yeah, let's just talk about that and we'll end it out with Grace and Eliza's relationship. So basically, this book was based on fact. The author did so much research. At the end of the book, there's like a historical note or an author's note or wherever where she talks about which characters were real or based off of real people and like all the research she did and the reading and like where you could find those resources and just like stuff like that. So the story is based on a true story and that this was the true journey of black women in the 6888 postal battalion or whatever it was called. I do remember it being the 6888. So if you want to look that up, then you'll get those images and that information and stuff like that. But like basically... Like, she did a lot of research. It was based on a true story. Grace and Eliza, like I mentioned earlier, were not real people, but rather kind of composites of, like, what women in this battalion or unit would have been like. And their stories were a little, probably a little bit more interesting than the normal one. But, like, you have, like, Charity Adams was real. Their other commanding officer, whose name I can't remember, was, like, a real woman. That was, like, actually what happened, things like... And there were, like, some specific plot points that are actually happened and things like that. And like I said earlier when I was saying, like, who might like this book, why I really appreciated this book is that it's taking probably the most famous, most written about war. Everybody knows about World War II. When you look at historical fiction, 
I would say probably the bulk of it is written in a World War II time. I don't know if that's right, but like nobody's really writing historical fiction about World War One or anything or like, I don't know. It's just the most written about historical fiction time period. I feel like it might not be, but like so there's so many books about it. Like I feel like I could go on for like days just naming them all. I'm not going to. And, but normally it's about white people. Like, there's no other way around it, whether they be American or European, female or male, they're white. So what's fun about this one and what makes it interesting and different is that it is about black people. You have the only all-black female battalion. It's just what I'm going to go for. It's just so interesting because you're reading these stories of women you probably didn't even know existed. You probably, like, I didn't know black women were allowed to serve. I was telling my dad about it and he was like, they were allowed to serve? Like, are you sure they weren't just like maybe nurses or something? I was like, no, they were actually in the army. I mean, they were post officer people, but you have to think about the times and like, there's no way they were giving them guns. They wouldn't even give them um, defense training for the longest time. So Eliza couldn't defend herself when she was assaulted and all that. It was just really great that you're able to read a different part of it. That was one of my favorite parts was just kind of learning the history and learning untold stories. Yes, these two women were not real, but what they were going through was real. The things, the prejudices, the experiences, the segregation, the discrimination, all that, that was based on real things. And so I really liked that a lot. And I have to say, like, if you've read a lot of World War II novels, like historical fiction, you should try this one out diversity is key. You got to learn about other things, right? And also, I think it was very accessible for somebody who hasn't read a lot of historical fiction. I think it's accessible and it could be a good place to start as well. So, let's end it off with Grace and Eliza's relationship, arguably and probably the very most important part of this book. Like I said, they were kind of frenemies. They kind of didn't get along Grace didn't like her because she was rich, but then they would get along, but then they didn't get along, and then they would blah, 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 blah. And I enjoyed it. There was, like, portions. I think Grace was probably slightly more of a main character than Eliza was. I think Grace probably, it was, like, dual perspective in that you had chapters that were from Grace's perspective, chapters from Eliza's perspective. I think they were probably, if you were to count more chapter slash pages from Grace's perspective than Eliza's perspective. So she was slightly more um, important than Eliza, I guess, or more focused on. But like their relationship was very central to it. And I enjoyed that it was, what I think is interesting is like when you think about like sisters in arms, brothers in arms, whatever, you think of like sister, brother, you think like these people, are they serve and they care about each other so much. And they're just like, instantly close they instantly like each other whatever and that is not the case and that's really what you're seeing with Grace and Eliza is that they are butting heads they are arguing they don't always like each other but they always have each other's back the moments of failure when you think about the train station situation you think about Eliza in the hospital riding out Grace those were both first of all Grace's in the train was an accident and Eliza thought that nobody else was around they're not doing these things to be malicious and they always had each other's back. They were coming to each other's defenses and things like that. And I think that's really like part of what's interesting about the use of like sister because sisters, as I know, while they always love each other, they do not always love each other, man. 
and that relationships are complicated in that while you care about somebody and you want the best for them, sometimes you also just want to rip off their head. I think Grace and Eliza really embody this idea of being sisters in that they care about each other a lot, but they also sometimes can't stand each other. And you know what? That's okay, because they always got each other's back. And I think it was also interesting to kind of see their growth and Grace realizing, like, you can't just dislike somebody because they're rich. And, I mean, in a time of eat the rich, that could be hard to understand. However, there are bad rich and there are good rich people. So, I don't know about that. We're not going to touch on that in this exact moment. That's a thought and a story for another time. But Grace was just realizing that she was prejudiced against Eliza and Eliza did not just buy her way in. She actually worked really hard and she deserved to be there as well. And then Eliza's, a lot of it is revolving around her becoming less naive, seeing the world as it truly was. She did become more hardened, but she also never gave up on her dreams, on herself. And I just like, I think Eliza's story is like, particularly inspiring because she went through something traumatic and horrible and you see her like working to overcome that and then coming out stronger at the end of the day but you still see her dealing with the after effects of the assault and things like that and I think when I was reading it I was like I want to be Grace but I'm probably Eliza because Grace was more the badass Grace was more of like you know she was like rocking it from day one like maybe she mouthed off a little bit but she was protecting her friends her sisters in arms right but I probably was more I am more of an Eliza and that I can't lie I'm probably pretty naive I can't help it as a young white woman we pretty much all are pretty naive and I feel like that and obviously I'm more privileged so that also makes me align with Eliza And so, I don't know, I just feel like if this happened to me, which I feel I can't put myself into that situation, obviously, because I'm a white woman, not a black woman, but I'd probably end up being more of an Eliza than a Grace just based on my life circumstances and personality. And even though I want to be Grace, I'd end up being Eliza. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong about that. They're both very strong, but in very different ways, and they go through different character development and growth. So with that, I'm going to put an end, put a close in the chapter, whatever, on Sisters in Arms by Kaya Alderson. So let's do my outro. So please, please, please like, rate, subscribe, whatever to my podcast helps other people find it. It would make me extremely happy. I'll love you forever if you do that. Also, um, feel free to give me your thoughts and opinions on this episode and this book, either by DMing me on Instagram at I read a book once blog, or you can send me an email at I read a book once blog at gmail.com. While you're on my Instagram, give it a follow. I am posting about twice a week now. If you have been listening, I've been, uh, I've been working on it. You know, I'm not great at the Instagram game, but I'm trying. And my photo for this episode, I tried really hard and I think it turned out pretty f- great. So go follow me. It's super fun. You can also check out my now defunct website at uh, iRedBookOnesBlog.com, which I no longer can update, but I still own the rights to. So I mean, if you want to check out my old blog post, feel free to do that there. I'm probably going to drop this part of the outro out pretty soon. And next week, I'm going to be talking about The Other Westmore by Westmore, which is a memoir about 
this guy who was a Rhodes Scholar and as he's on his way to um, semester abroad in South Africa, I can't remember, he reads a newspaper article about somebody with the same name as him who has been arrested for a jewelry store robbery and being involved in the death of an off-duty police officer slash this guy was a security guard. And so Wes Moore is figuring out like how could these two people with the same name, they grew up around the same area, how could they have gone on such differing paths? And he ends up meeting the other Westmore and writing this memoir. It was really, really good. I would definitely recommend this. I love I actually really love this book. I thought it was so interesting. So I'm going to be talking about that next. I'm actually recording that episode literally right after I finish this one. So I would definitely recommend it. Check it out and go check that episode out next week. So my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once and I'll catch you guys next time.